Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. In Luke's Gospel, chapter number 24, beginning at verse, well, we want to read verse number 49. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 24, and verse number 49. And now notice this. This is where Jesus promised them power. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Again, behold, I send the promise of my Father up on you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I want to read that same verse in the English Standard Version. And then I'll read it in the New Living Translation. English Standard says, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And the New Living Translation of that same verse says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, think about it. Here is Jesus just before um, uh, he ascended. And please understand that Luke is the author here. And Luke is the author of Acts, of the book of Acts. And so he is beginning to tell the story of the latter part of Jesus's days upon earth. And he gave this directive to the disciples, what I need you to do. This is going to be critical that you do this. He said, I'm sending the promise, the promise from the father, but I need you to go to the city of Jerusalem, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Endued, that means until you are clothed. It means in the sense of sinking into a garment. God wants to clothe you with power so much so that you wear it as a cloak. As a, he said, I want to clothe you with power. Did you hear that? I want to clothe you with power. Now think about it. He says, I want to do, put something on you that did not originate with you. I want to put something on you that 
that's so necessary for what it is I have for you to do. We understand that Jesus has already spoken to his disciples regarding the, what they are to do in terms of the ministry. And he told, but he said, look, don't try this without him. Don't start trying to attempt what I've asked you to do on your own. Don't try to accomplish a spiritual task with natural means. Don't try, don't start out thinking that you have enough in and of yourself to get the job done. What I need you to do is make sure that you go to Jerusalem and tarry there until you are clothed. What are you going to be clothed with? Power. This word power, many of you already know this, but this word power is where we get our word dynamite from. He said, I want to close you, clothe you with ability, might, and strength. That's what it means. He said, I want to clothe you. I want to, I want to give you ability, might, and strength. In other words, I want to give you the potential to exert force in performing the function that I've given to you to perform. I want to clothe you. And what I'm putting on you is power, ability, might, and strength. Come on, just say I'm clothed with it. Do like this. Come on, say I'm clothed with it. You know, come here, come here, Kelvin. It's, it's like this. Bring your jacket. It's, it, it's sort of like this. Without the jacket, he doesn't have anything. But he's the, he says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, notice, not just like this, but he said, I'm going to clothe you. It's, it's like you're wearing this garment everywhere you go, and anything that the Father has asked for you to do, the garment's going to give you the ability to do it. Thank you. you I know it's hot, so pull it, you can pull it off. Now, now, another way of looking at it like this, let me, let me talk to my, to my movie people. Put the suit on. There is a character in a movie, and he has amazing ability once he puts the suit on. Who am I talking about? Iron Man. Iron Man doesn't have any ability, he's pretty smart. But he can't do anything. He's not Superman. Because Superman, according to the little character, has power on the inside. You know, where he comes from, he's built with power. But Iron Man not like that. And so Iron Man knows very much that I can't do anything without the suit. And so we have to get to that place where we say, I can't do anything without the suit. I can't do anything without the suit. Now, hear me, hear me. I want you to understand something. He said, 
Make sure that you go to Jerusalem. So this is the promise. And he says, you're going to be endued. You're going to be clothed with power. And this power is going to give you the ability to do what I've asked you to do. But I want you to know something else. This is not a new promise. This is not a new promise. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse number 3. Isaiah 44 and 3 says this, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Come on, claim that for your kids right now. Claim that for your offspring. Come on, say that. That's for me. Come on, come on, say that's for me and my whole family. Come on, say it right now. Yes. He said, I'm going to pour the water on him who's thirsty. I, and I'm going to flood and floods on, floods, floods on dry ground. And I'm going to pour my spirit, I love this, on your descendants. And my blessing on your offspring. It's not new. Another prophet prophesied it in Joel chapter number 2 and verse number 28. Joel chapter number 2 and verse 28. Joel 2 and 28 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Here we go. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so look at the desire of God. The desire of God is I want to pour out my spirit, but he said I want to pour it out on everybody. On all flesh. That includes us, doesn't it? And so we see that he made the promise. Jesus reiterated the promise, but this promise is not new. Well, let's look, because a lot of times we get to a place, especially where we, we, uh, we, we, we want to brag that we got the power, but we don't want to do anything with the power. In other words, I want to brag and say I'm anointed. But the anointing is to do something. You understand that? The anointing isn't just for us in church to say, ooh, she's so anointed, or he's so anointed. And? But when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, when you're talking about the power of God, notice what the purpose of this power is. Look in Acts chapter number 1. You've been reading Acts. Acts chapter number one and verse number four and five, and then we'll read verse eight. He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You're going to be immersed, just like we immerse people in water. You're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Look down at verse number eight. 
But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, right? And now here's the purpose. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and and to the end of the earth. He said, this is the thing. You are going to receive this power. It's going to come upon you, but the purpose of it isn't just to say, oh, the Holy Ghost is upon me. I have to tell you this story. I remember, let me tell you something. My wife, you know, I, she, she was raised in the Baptist church. And so when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, she knew the Holy Spirit and all that. Um, and so, but when we're talking about the power of God and speaking in tongues and all that, that's when, that, you know, that she married me. And that's why we were talking. I, that, that was my world living in, you know. So she was at home and we were... <laughs> We were laying in the bed, and she starts saying, Bill, the power of God's all on me. Bill, the power of God's all on me. She would start shaking in the bed. <laughs> and she woke up with, Bill, the power of God. She, it, was just, it was a new thing. It was brand new to her. But imagine touching electricity. I'm not talking about me because she didn't touch me. God did it all by himself. I had nothing to do with it other than here. Bill, the power of God's on me. Bill, the power of God's on me. And then, you know, I don't know if she spoke in tongues at that. She started speaking in tongues and everything in the bed. You woke woke up? You want to tell your own testimony? Okay. All right. All right. So she said she had been asleep and she woke up. She had been asleep and she woke up and she was and she said, The power of God is on me. Folks, when he shows up. Oh it's it's I don't want you to get thrown off. I don't want you to get thrown off. Because, uh, you know, there are so many controversies and all that regarding speaking in tongues. I ain't even got that yet. Let's just talk about him. The Holy Spirit. Now, when he shows up, when he, sh- listen, when he shows up, you do realize this is the same spirit that's in Genesis chapter number one that was hovering. Hovering over the face of the water. It's the same spirit. And the old Romans chapter number eight says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Notice, here we go. King James is going to quicken and make alive your mortal bodies. What it means is when he comes, you know he's there. You don't have to wonder if he's in the room. Oh, when he's because when he shows up, power is made available. Now, the purpose of the power, the purpose of the power is to witness. I said the purpose of the power is what? Come on, say it loud. It's not to say I'm gifted. It's not to say I'm anointed. The purpose of the power is to witness. He says, you're going to witness to me. You're going to be a witness to me. And to witness there, it means one who testifies. Um, a witness gives testimony based upon what he, what he knows, 
what he's seen, not heresy or rumor, but what he's actually experienced, seen or heard. And he said, listen, you're going to give testimony about what you've seen and heard, what you've experienced. And then he began to delineate where you're going to give it. He said, you're going to be witnesses unto me. You're going to start talking to people about me. First, you're going to start in Jerusalem. Now, let me tell you what that means for us. First, that means start right where you are. That means start right there in your house. That means to start right there with the person in front of you. Start telling somebody about Jesus. When is the last time you spoke up? Let me tell you this. Could it be that the reason we don't experience more of the power is because we don't do what the power is for? Let me say it again. Could it be that the reason we don't experience more of the power of God in our lives and ministries and all that, because we don't want to do what the power is for, and the power is to witness. But isn't it interesting, when you ask most Christians, that's the thing that we're most intimidated by, witnessing. Oh, it's mighty quiet in here. We can, it's easy, it's easy to come in here and shout together. Holy Spirit, I need you now. Oh, I know he's here. I still need him now. <laughs> no, 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 no. So he says, you're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. This is what I'm challenging. I believe God is challenging us to do. Everybody else is testifying. Everybody else is telling, is saying something. Will we ask God for the boldness and the courage to speak up about him? I rem we were, um, typically what happens in small groups stays in small groups, but I see Terrence there, and we re I'm reminded of a story that he told. He said his, he, when he was in New Orleans that his pastor just had an unction from the Holy Spirit to go out witnessing. Listen to this. They weren't scheduled to witness. They weren't, nothing was on the, in fact, they were just at the church that day and they just went knocking on doors, just went knocking on doors. And I don't know how many doors they had knocked on, but it wasn't um, very many, if I'm telling it correctly, that they knocked on a door and a guy was in there with a gun getting ready to commit suicide. See, God loves people. God loves people. And thank God that the pastor had the unction, had the, the witness from the Holy Spirit, had the directive, the instruction. And he acted on it. And he said, we got to go now. There was an urgency because that day he not only saved the life, but he saved the soul. Because that, that guy gave his life to Christ. And I believe God will lead us 
Oh, thank you, God. I believe that we're in that time when God will allow us to have supernatural experiences where as we are following the leading and prompting of the Holy Spirit, he'll get you off your normal schedule. I'm not saying that you don't have a schedule and all that, but he can interrupt your normal and then cause you to get to a place where he, you, it's sort of like Philip with the revival. How Philip, he was in a revival, but the Holy Spirit said, you got to leave here. And he went from preaching a citywide revival to go to witness. And he witnessed to one man. And one man gave his life to Christ that day. God loves people. So the purpose of the power is not just for us to brag among one, one another, I got power. But the purpose of the power is to Jerusalem and Judea, which is the surrounding area. And, and he said um, to Samaria. Samaria is, is, is the region, even in a hostile region, people that they didn't necessarily like. He said, I need you to witness there. And then he went on to say the uttermost parts of the earth. Some believe he say, believe that that means I want you to go ahead and take it to Rome, take it to the kingdom, every place that you know, be a witness to me. Let me tell you something. Don't get in the boardroom and leave God out and be embarrassed of him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying you have to go in there with your family Bible and all that, you know. <laughs> or going in there anointing everything with oil. But God will give you wisdom and insight and strength. Some of y'all saw that, didn't you? Uh, God will give you wisdom, insight, and strength as to how to tactfully win souls. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we see now that the purpose of this power is to witness. Well, I just want to, I'm going to be through with this, and, and, and I just want to give you three things that they did to get this, pow, this promise and this power. Three things that they did to um, receive this power, to receive this promise. First thing is they obeyed. Everybody say obey. obey. Three things they had to do. They had to obey. When you look in verse number 12 of Acts chapter 1, verse number 12 of Acts chapter 1 says, These all continued with one accord. I'm sorry, at verse 12. Then, that's not the verse. Verse 12 says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, Mount, Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Notice, very simply, they obeyed. They returned to Jerusalem. They returned to Jerusalem. Jesus said in Luke's gospel that I need you to go to the city. I need you to go to Jerusalem until you endure with power. Where was the power going to be poured out? In Jerusalem. And so they had to obey. Hear me. God has specific instructions for you. There, is, there are places that you and I are going to have to be. And I believe we're going to have to be there because that's where grace, that's where it's, the Holy Spirit is poured out for us. Are you hearing me? Now, they could have they got together and said, you know what? 
<sighs> Why don't we just stay right here? He's God. I mean, but no, 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 no. They were very careful to make sure that they did what Jesus said to do. Let me tell you something. During this fast, ask God to teach you to obey. I want to encourage you in that. Ask him. Jesus, um, when you look at it, Scripture even says he learned obedience. So when you're talking about obedience, ask God, Lord, I I need to learn that. You'll be amazed at how much we practice disobedience. It's, 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 and we look at disobedience as normal. And, 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 and what I'm getting at is we practice it and, and we think that's just the way I can do what I want to do. Hear me. God did give you a will and yes, you can do what you want to do. But the truth of the matter is you are not your own. You be, come on, say I belong to him. You belong to him. And I believe that there are people in here that God is going to heighten your level of obedience. I believe, listen to me, I believe that you are very obedient people already in terms of being sensitive and prompted by this Holy Spirit. But I believe God is going to give you ears to hear and fine tune what it is he wants you to do. And you're going to be able to hear his whispers, hear and be able to follow the promptings and, and know, yes, God, this is what I need to do now. No more. I, I really believe, and I prophesy to you, that the fuzziness is gone. You know how it is where you're kind of fuzzy. God, do you want me to do this? Well, you don't. No, no, no. I, there's going to be a definite, this is, what, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Come on, say, I'm confident that God is leading me. And I will follow. Amen. Amen. Now, listen, listen, when you're talking about being obedient, he will. God doesn't give suggestions. We've heard that he gives commands, but he doesn't scream them at you. So what happens is this. Uh, when you when you're early on in the faith. You hear God thundering and, you know, glory and, you know, you begin to hear all of this power and all. God's getting your attention because you aren't accustomed to hearing him. You're like, whoa, whoa, God's doing this. But the longer you spend time with God, it seems like the softer he gets. The longer you spend time with him. The thing is this, when we, when we get close, he doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to yell at you. Now, if there's danger, God is God. He knows how to warn you and all those kinds of things. But what I'm getting at is this. I believe that he will he's going to get you to a place where you are so sensitive to his voice. Come on, say, Lord, I know it in my ears that I can hear you and my heart that I'll obey you. Amen. So first thing they did is obey. 
Listen, next thing they did is they prayed. They prayed. When we look at Acts chapter 1, verse number 14, it says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Again, notice, these all, and they did what in prayer? They continued. They continued in prayer. Now, please understand, they had just had a 40-day seminar on the kingdom of God with Jesus. And then the Bible says that after that, you know, he ascended on high, but they were in Jerusalem, and what were they doing? Pray. What I'm getting at is this, if you want the power, you got to pray. Time with time spent with God means that you are allowing him to pour into you. And so like this time of consecration, I believe God is pouring into us and it's easy to access his presence when you pray. Hallelujah. 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 And so I want to encourage you tonight that that your time in prayer is not wasted time. It's time where you say, God, I want to I want to learn how to obey you. But I'm asking you to increase my prayer. Help me to become a person of prayer. Amen. Amen. Let me get my piece of chicken. Hold on. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Drink the water. My elders are rebuking me and going, why do you say that? <laughs> listen, listen. And so prayer is going to be critical to what God wants to do. Hear this. I really believe with all my heart that God wants to pour out his spirit upon us in a great way, but we're going to have to learn to pray the price. We're going to have to learn to pray the price. Earlier, we were praying, and I believe God is ministering to us, and he gives directives, and things happen when you pray. I'm, I'm talking about things change when you pray. Much the, the, the Bible says in James, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man, one translation says, makes much power available. So the power that you're looking for becomes available to you when you pray. Amen? Amen. So, 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 uh, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, well, you, you first of all, you get before God, you, you enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. But this, uh, let me just give you this quick, quick thing, and I believe it'll help you in prayer. Just remember this, God has the first word in prayer, not you. God has the first word in prayer, not you. Meaning, before I start praying, I need to hear from God on what I need to pray about. So I need to learn to listen and hear him before I start babbling. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The inference is, if we ask, and it's not according to his will, he doesn't hear us. Amen? So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So they obey, they had to pray, and here's the third thing, they had to wait. 
They obey, pray, wait. Obey, pray, and stay. <laughs> obey, pray, and, and they had to stay. What, did, what happened? They had to wait. They had to stay there until he was poured out. They had to wait until he was poured out. Look at Acts chapter number 2. When the day, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and with one place. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Penta means what? 50. And so when that day had fully come, they had been there already 40 days with Jesus. They had been praying. And that Bible says when that day had fully come, they waited. And guess what happened? Ooh, here we go. And suddenly, if I had my sound effects, I'd start with the that low rumble. And suddenly, they, there came, the first thing, a sound from heaven. What did it sound like? As of a rushing mighty wind. Notice. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Ooh. It filled where they were before it filled them. Do you hear that? Can you imagine? Here they were. And all of a sudden, that power that raised Jesus from the dead filled the place. Filled the place. And the Bible says, notice this, that then, so it started with a sound. Then it says they saw something. There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. Then all of a sudden, one began to sit upon each. One, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we see it. Jesus, no wonder Jesus said, it's expedient or to your advantage that I go away because I can only be right here, but in this locale, but when he comes, he filled the whole place and he began to sit upon each one of them. Now, please know that that wasn't all of him that there was. He just came a mouth. Imagine God stepping out of eternity 
crashing through time. Can you imagine what that would sound like? It's sort of like when they break the sound barrier, there's a sound when he broke through the earth realm. Oh, that was a sound. And there appeared unto them. The Bible says, divided tongues as a fire, and he set upon each one of them. And then guess what happened? They were all. They were all what? Filled. Filled. They were all filled. Meaning they began to bubble up to capacity. They got to a place where they couldn't contain what was in them. Do you hear that? They could not contain what was in them, and guess what happened? All of a sudden, they had to release it. And they began to speak with other tongues. Wait a minute. They began to speak in languages that they had not learned. Languages that were not known to them through learning, meaning school, but they were filled. And they began to speak as he enabled them. Amen. Come on, let's begin to give him praise now. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.